Hello and welcome back to State of Mind with me, Grace Kingswell. Today your guest is me. <laughs> Nick had an idea that for the last episode of the series, I should get my very good friend Sophie Hellier to interview me and ask me similar types of questions that I usually ask my guests. And I found it really hard. I don't think I breathed for the first 10 minutes. I was sort of just talking and talking and talking. But I asked on Instagram for some questions and things that you would like me to cover. So we answered most of those. Apologies to those that we didn't get to. And yeah, lots came up. Diet, nutrition, lifestyle, cold water swimming, how I got into my career. And it's totally self-indulgent, but I hope you enjoy the episode. Um, Sophie was a very funny interviewer. There are a few instances because we recorded it on Zoom and her dog was wandering around and made some noises. So apologies for those. Anyway, I hope you find this useful and it answers some of your questions. Thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of season five. Season six actually is going to kick off next week and I'm really excited. The first episode is going to be all about porridge um, and explaining why blood sugar is so crucial. So let's get into the episode. Hope you enjoy. Hey, Grace. Hey, so thanks for having me for my first ever podcast hosting debut. Oh, great things to come. <laughs> thanks so, for doing this. So this episode's a bit, um, a bit different, a bit of a funky one because I am interviewing Grace. Um, apologies in advance if you hear my mother's dog tiptoeing around in the background with a little pause padding. Oh. Um, so we're going to kick off. It's We are still in January recording this, January 2021. Um, so Grace, what did 2020 teach you? Oh, well, this is a very uh, question that's just been sprung upon me. I've never <laughs> heard this one before. Um, what did 2020 teach me? Do you know, I think it taught me that I am really resilient. Um, I I think I'm just really great at getting myself out of a funk. Um, I know it's been a really hard year for so many people, uh, my husband included, who's found, you know, the lack of the music industry and, you know, moving to Cornwall and being quite isolated really hard. Um, but I have been really proud of the way that I've just kept going, kept my head above water, kept really busy. Um, and yeah, stayed afloat mentally, I think. Nice. Any tips or tricks from your year that you've learned to help you do that? I think having a, a purpose is yeah. really helpful. Having, um, having work, I'm so grateful to have had a really busy year. Um, and just, yeah, having, always having a project in the back of your mind, I think, you know, hobbies and things that you like doing. So speaking of projects, mm -hmm. Grace Kingswell is a nutritional therapist, podcast host. Um, you've written an ebook. You're um, pretty go on, have, have bring a good, it. You have a, a good, uh, a strong, loyal following on social media. Um, you have a lot of. You also studied. Let me get this right. Like Greek history, language, modern Greek. languages. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you have quite a lot of. How tell us about your journey on how you got to where you are now. Um, sure. So this is probably one of the questions I get asked most. I think um, lots of people are interested in becoming nutritional therapists these days, which is great. So I haven't really answered this question publicly that much. And in all honesty, it's because um, if I was you, I wouldn't do what I did. So I studied um, uh, a Bachelor of Arts at Cambridge University, modern Greek and Spanish to be precise. But I always knew that I did not want to be a linguist or 
I don't know what the other jobs are that you can do when you have a languages degree, but it wasn't for me. Teacher. Yeah, teacher. Um, I decided that I want to do something creative and work in fashion. And that's kind of what I tried to do, um, but pretty quickly realized that it wasn't for me. And it was when Nick and I were living in Australia and I was really struggling with my health. I thought that I desperately wanted to be able to help people in the same way that the practitioner I was seeing at the time was helping me. Um, and she suggested that I do this course. Um, I'm not going to name names because, like I said, um, if I could go back, I probably wouldn't do it. Um, and it was a three-year diploma in nutritional therapy Um and it enabled me to start practicing and to gain insurance to start practicing with patients. Um, and that's what I did. But I very quickly realized that because I listened to podcasts and followed people that work in the functional medicine space online, that the knowledge that I actually wanted to be able to really help people was still out there and I still needed to gain that. Mm -hmm. So I did a few extra qualifications myself. Um, most recently, a year-long mentorship. Um, in functional medicine. I did some traditional Chinese medicine training and acupuncture. Um, and I'm about to embark on an MSc in nutritional therapy, um, which will get me band accreditation and all the things that I basically wish I had had for the last few years. But what it has taught me is that the however good a practitioner you are is dependent on you and how much you want to be that person you know how much extra reading you do around the subject um it's not about necessarily where you've studied although it is to an extent um and that's what I've learned but yeah so that's kind of how I did it um so when people ask where did you study uh I don't necessarily name names but I would say that um you know do your research find out the places that are BANT accredited and go there Awesome. And I think you are constantly always studying every time I, every day when you're at work, you're always attending these like seminars and learning new, mm. um, new information. And you also qualified two years ago now as a breath work. Mm. Uh, I don't know what the word is. Coach? Facilitator? Facilitator? Yeah, yeah I don't know. Talk a little bit about breathwork? Yeah, so breathwork's a really interesting one because to my knowledge, the industry is still completely unregulated. Like, you don't have to have a qualification to teach breathwork, I don't think. Um, although it is good to be able to have insurance, in which mm -hmm. case you probably need some sort of a diploma or something. Um, I sort of did this because I was fascinated by the kind of scientific research supporting breathwork and, you know, the ability to tap into to our um, nervous system and kind of gain some control over something that's mm. usually completely out of our control, i.e. our stress response. Um, and secondly, because I knew that the way that I wanted to go with my career was to be a lot more hands-on. You know, I don't think I'll ever be the kind of practitioner that just sees patients day in, day out because I would be bored. I knew that I wanted to have a skill that I could teach on retreats because... I like hosting things like that. I like talking to people. I like performing. Mm. And I think that's a huge part of it. You know, if you're a yoga teacher or a breathwork coach or anything, it's, it is a performance a lot of the time. Um, so I, yeah, so I did that and to begin with, didn't really do anything with it. Um, and then quite quickly after that kind of, I don't know. Yeah. And then it was like lockdown and then I moved here and then I started to be able to use it because we collaborated on some retreats together, which was really cool and um, hope to be able to do a lot more of it in the future. But it's also, I do record weekly breathwork, no, monthly breathwork things for 
my Patreon subscribers, which is online. Mm. This is really hard. I'm super this, stressed. This, <laughs> this is what I so what I love about. I feel your, like I haven't breathed well, in the last. <laughs> you sit there and breathe. I'll talk for okay. a bit. What I love about um, your breath work classes is number one. There's always an absolutely banging playlist. Mm. Um, so it's like a bit of a musical journey. Um, and then number two is that you always bring the um, science into it. Mm. So you are explaining the journey the body's going on in, in like super simple terms. You're explaining like why we're feeling the sensations, why we're doing the breathing we're doing. And um, yeah. yeah, I've found it like I know on my retreats, I'd say 100% of people that have been on retreats have really enjoyed and benefited from mm. the breath work and it's hopefully something they've taken into their lives. Because that's the powerful thing, right? It's learning about your body and understanding that, you know, out of everyone out there, you're your own best doctor because yeah. no one can tell you exactly how you're feeling. So tapping into that is really powerful. So we're going to hopscotch around here because um, as this is my first time hosting, we took it to Instagram to get some questions from you guys, the listeners. <laughs> um, so I have a little list of questions here from um, different people. Do you want me to say their names? I'll keep it anonymous. Keep it anonymous, yeah. Okay, so this person, Anon, says, um, what's your opinion of intermittent fasting? Um, I think it's my opinion is mixed. I don't... I don't really promote it. Um, most of my clients tend to be women, actually. And I think above all, the number one thing I focus on with women is balancing blood sugar and maintaining stable blood sugar um, because this is really helpful for energy and mood and hormones and so many other things in the body. And with fasting, you know, it it can be dangerous in the sense that, you know, you haven't eaten for hours. Um, your blood, you might be having a bit of a blood sugar low. Um, and to me, that's not necessarily beneficial. I, I've definitely dabbled with it myself personally in the past and I've, I've tried it. And if it, you do it and it does make you feel really good, my question is, firstly, are you just running on adrenaline? Mm -hmm. um, because people that fast and often feel like fantastic and like so much more energy that may be the case but it may also be that they're running on adrenaline um and the second thing is that i would if i was doing it i would fast in the evening so i would always have breakfast um and then i would have either a really light meal at like 4 p.m um and then you know do my 16 hours or whatever because biologically speaking and circadian rhythmically speaking um we're sort of programmed to eat our main meals in daylight mm. hours so i would be looking at breakfast and lunch and then as the sun's gone down you know that's when you could fast yeah i mean i personally have tried intermittent fasting and it doesn't work for me i'm not i'm just not a good person mm. when i'm hungry but i i know other people who swear by it so yeah yeah it's interesting what you said about that lots of your clients are women and mm. actually when i think about most people i who love intermittent fasting that I know they are generally men yeah it's interesting yeah I think it just does work better for men and their physiology and you know as a woman like I am a feminist don't get me wrong but I also think that we are so different in our physiology that we we shouldn't feel like we should compete on that same stage you know like whenever I feel like I should rest I rest I don't push myself when I have my period I get enough sleep I nurture myself like I'm not out there in the gym lifting really heavy things because my sex is on this earth to carry a baby and that it comes with so much you we, know just to clarify grace and i are never in the gym when was the last time you set foot in a gym <laughs> <You're so laughs> i don't think i've been in a gym for about a decade i probably managed like 10 minutes of joe wicks last week and apart from that i did oh, lots of walking and yoga 
So I'm just going to use that little blood sugar snippet that you gave us and segue into this question. Oh, good segue. What, um, this question simply says more about porridge. More about porridge. Okay, there is a whole podcast episode coming on porridge. And just for the background week. on this, Grace posted an Instagram story last mm. week about why she doesn't eat porridge for breakfast very often. Yeah. Um, do you want to yeah. save it for the podcast that's coming out next week and fast forward to the next question? Or I'll do you want to do a, taster. a little pricey of yeah. what's, what's So I actually did eat porridge last week for breakfast and I felt horrific afterwards. And I sort of almost knew that I would and I was sort of kind of doing it to test myself. Um, when you consume oats mixed with most of the time these days oat milk for people and then put fruit and then put syrups and dates and stuff on the top of it you are eating a massive bowl of sugar first thing I don't really care if people say it's slow releasing it's not as slow releasing as having a decent meal that's got protein and fats and veggies in and that's the whole thing about porridge is that porridge isn't inherently bad it's the fact that we're eating it without any protein and without any fat and when we do that it does spike our blood sugar um and that's not what you want first thing and in the podcast we talk about exactly why that's bad and especially relating to women and our hormones so for protein eggs are protein right yeah eggs so are i normally have eggs for breakfast and i my normal motto with food is anything's better with an egg on top but yeah. i think porridge is like the exception i do not want an egg on top of my well, porridge. people do savory <laughs> porridge don't they Ew. Ew. so um Somebody asked, what's your go-to snack? And someone else says, what snacks do you recommend? Or should we just avoid snacking? Snacks? Uh, no, so I'm not, I'm not anti-snacking. Um, I do think that we, we should all be able to get by with like three decent meals. Um, but, you know, oftentimes when we're rushed and on the go, lunch is a, like a rushed thing and breakfast is a rushed thing. And then the only decent meal is really supper. So if, snack, if you're hungry and, and you need to snack, then um, think about, the protein thing, you know, the snack should contain protein and it should contain fats and it should contain veggies, ideally. So you could have um, a boiled egg or you could have carrots dipped into hummus or you could have um, a handful of nuts and some apple. Um, what I wouldn't be having a snack is just carbohydrates by themselves. Mm -hmm. So I'd be putting cheese on my oat cakes or Yum. something like that. The vegans aren't going to like us that much I don't think today. vegans like, like me anyway. Cheese. I'm going to ask you one more food-related question and then change it a little bit up. Okay. But this question, do you ever binge or eat or binge eat at McDonald's? And I did say to you yesterday morning that um, I always win the game, never have I ever, because I never have I ever eaten a Big Mac. Grace Kingswell, have you eaten a Big Mac? I have eaten a Big <laughs> Mac, but... I do think it was probably the last time was maybe when I was like eight or nine years old. And since then, I've never eaten in McDonald's. No way. No. You haven't had a McDonald's since you're eight or nine years old? Not even the chips, no. Holy schmokeroonies. Don't get me wrong. I've eaten bad food. Like at uni, we'd go home from the club via the chip van and we'd get cheesy chips. And it's just the same, right? I just am a little bit, I mean, sometimes I just go rogue in the service station. <laughs> See, I just, I cannot bring myself to do it. Okay, speaking of um, me doing naughty things, it's <laughs> doing a good thing. I'm going to use the name here because it's your pal, okay. Jojo. She okay. says, what is your most treasured act of self-love? Oh, good question, Jo. Um, I don't have a single act. I'm not one of these people that like has a gratitude journal. She has about 6,000. She's in the bath and then... <laughs> yeah, I just... I, mask. I just think I, I just try to be really kind to myself day to day. I don't push myself beyond my limits 
Um, I, what, that's a lie. The sea this morning was really cold and it was quite uncomfortable. Um, look, I take lots of time for myself. I, I have a slow morning every morning. I do at least 10 minutes of movement on the mat, usually with my pal Adrian. Um, and I have a hot bath every day. That's like my non-negotiable. I put a face mask on every now and again. Um, I partake in some dancing, which yeah. like feeds my soul. But I don't have like a thing that's my thing that I do. Because even if I say sea swimming, you know, I'm not I'm not in the ocean every single day. Mm. Like I said, like we, we go in when we feel it. And yeah. then on the days that we don't, we don't. I think that we are both quite lucky at the moment because we're at both in phases of our lives where we don't have children mm. um, by, by choice at the moment. Um, and that means that we do have all that time to like have the slow morning, have the bath. So we act like, yeah, we, we are like so privileged in the way that we have all that time to take the time for ourselves. Yeah. So I think we both have a lot of like, yeah, we go sea swimming and we go running and we make sure we see the sunrise every day and we do all yeah. these like amazing things, but same, it's not just one thing. You're so right though. Cause a patient of mine, um, client of mine, sorry, yesterday I was like, Oh, have you managed to, and, and this is one of my male clients. So have you managed to like take any time for yourself in the last few weeks since we spoke? And he was like, well, I've got kids. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely harder. You know, like it is really hard. I'm interested to see like if and when we do have children, what are those, what are the like key ones that we really hold on to that we make sure we still have time for? I think I'll still, getting outside first thing in the morning is something Mm. I'm so passionate about. And you just like bundle up the baby and go out and see sunrise. I just did yoga with... um, teaching homeschool yoga on zoom to my partner's nephews oh, nice. and I just said you know it's like midday and I was like so have you guys been outside yet and they're like no I was like oh it's midday and you guys haven't been outside oh, like no. <laughs> yeah but yeah I agree first thing in the morning is yeah one it's of a my quick faves. win yeah um how do you feel about journals like gratitude journals and I'm um, writing down intentions and setting goals massively positively um there's m- moments in my life where I have had little mantras dare I say it manifestations Mm -hmm. um when I was really sick and kind of going through my health journey whenever I was in the water like I'd go for my morning swim and it's something I'd only do by myself and at that stage I was just swimming alone and it was sort of meditative and I'd um tread water and I'd say to myself a few times over I'm happy I'm calm I'm stress-free and Mm. as I said it I felt it because I knew at that stage that I had to take the pressure off my nervous system I had to you know flip into that rest and digest so that my body could actually heal and that was really transformative for me um but apart from that I I think they're fantastic if you're the kind of person that's going to benefit from them but don't do something because you see it on Instagram or you see that it's everyone's journaling everyone's got a gratitude journal your favorite influence just influencer has just released their own journal that's like branded by them that you can buy if it feels right for you do it but if your gratitude is a walk in nature then Mm. that should be what you do right Mm. I like a little mantra too Mm. mine's just a standard I'm happy I'm healthy I'm wealthy oh nice (laughs) and sometimes I just drive around saying it over and over again like and you have to smile when you say it because you have to believe it Mm. I'm happy I'm healthy I'm wealthy yeah so good and that's great because that can mean so many things can't it yeah yeah It, it works for me anyway I'm just jumping in here to tell you about the sponsor of this episode, Davy J Waterwear. Davy J is an amazing, small, sustainable brand based in Devon who designs swimwear for women who love the ocean and they celebrate and encourage everyone to explore the joy that water can bring all year round. And speaking of all year round, Davy J have recently launched a swim top that I think all of you winter swimmers out there are going to love. 
It's available on pre-order as there's been so much interest and it falls halfway between a swimsuit and a wetsuit top. Perfect for swimming through the colder months, giving you just that extra bit of warmth and protection. All the Davy J swimwear is designed for real women. It's flattering and has great coverage and all the suits are double lined, so they're super thick and supportive. They're made from a really high quality recycled fabric and their styles are designed to survive a dive and stay on in the waves. I'm a huge fan of the thick fabric for winter swims and I've actually been wearing my Davy J swimsuit under my wetsuit for extra warmth on those cold winter surfs. It makes all the difference. Davy J are offering 10% off to all my listeners using the code STATEOFMIND. So do make sure you visit their website, davyj.org, and follow along on their Instagram, at davyjays, for some epic lifestyle inspiration. Mm. Um, how much time have we got? Three more questions? We've got ages. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so, ages. Listen to that, folks. <laughs> I found a good one. I hope all I'm right, not okay, boring after all this. This one, this one. Um, does living in Cornwall feel isolating? I'd love to, but it's so far from the rest of the South and London. Mm, that's a really good question. I am incredibly privileged that I have you. If I didn't have you, then 100% my answer would be yes. She's speaking to me, not you guys listening. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um... I hope he doesn't mind me mentioning this, but my husband, Nick, has found it a lot harder than me, um, purely because of the fact that uh, he doesn't have, you know, his close friends are still in London, whereas I was so lucky to just fall into an amazing friendship with you, Sophie, um, <laughs> that just like, you know, I just feel like I don't need anything else. It really fills my cup. I've still got good girlfriends I went to school with that I chat to on WhatsApp, um, but it hasn't felt isolating in the slightest. Of course, I miss my family, but then we all do at the moment. Um, but it is, I think, you know, because people say all the time, and they probably say this to you as well, oh, I wish I could move to Cornwall. Mm, and I always time. say, you can, you yeah. totally can, but just be aware that it is a big sacrifice at the same time. Yeah. Like, you know, it's life is so different here than living in London yeah. where you can just pop out or, you know, even have an interaction with someone on the street or in a shop or whatever, or like, you know, it's so different. Yeah, I think actually the lockdowns made it a bit more parallel because I would definitely say when I first moved down here, like we moved down October two years ago and it rained every single day for mm. six months. And, you know, we'd just been living in London where at any stage of the day I could go into like a hot vinyasa class or a restorative yoga class or I could go for a coffee, I could see a friend or go to the cinema and there's just like this constant abundance of stuff to do and people to see. Yeah. And then suddenly being down here in a little cottage in the middle not of nowhere where it's like do. raining and mouldy and there's really... There's like n literally not a single place in the village to get a coffee. Yeah. No oat lattes. <laughs> yeah. Um. It it was like it, it, and then people see it on your Instagram, and they're just seeing you going surfing and these beautiful mm. views and amazing like the cliffs and the sea and the sunrises, and they're like, wow, it's amazing. But yeah, I have given up a lot. Yeah. To get that as well, it's like a, yeah. a balance, and I've chosen the the nature and the outdoors over the social life and the culture and yeah everything else yeah. that the city gave. But I also know that this last year has taken that all away from the city mm. so it's quite mm. quite I mean if you are going to move to Cornwall now is probably a good time to do it because yeah. all the fun stuff's kind of gone from the city I mean Cornwall in the summer is so different to Cornwall in the winter like yes. there's so many people here in summer and everything feels really buzzy and open and alive and you know we did so much over the summer didn't we and mm. actually over the last few weeks there's just been like a massive transition and like I just see you 
now yeah. and that's it and it's like you kind of have to be content with just one mate because yeah. but I think you also I'm a big believer that you only need a small circle of good mates mm. I think you only need like two or three really good friends yeah, I, I don't agree. need loads and loads of good friends yeah and I, the other day I did say that you are my saving grace oh that's so nice because <laughs> I'd say I just haven't been lonely I've like yeah. I've had I go for a walk or, or a run with a pal every day or a swim mm. and in that 20 minutes that we have together doing an activity we have a really good chat and chat it all out and yeah. I go home feeling better and more myself it's yeah. great it keeps yeah. me like grounded and yeah so yeah um if you're thinking of moving somewhere move somewhere where you know you've got a friend yeah even if they're only an acquaintance to begin with like something will blossom and or make a friend quickly doing an activity like yeah. sea swimming or you know I play football there's like different sports you can do quickly mm. to make friends and I think that's why lockdown's been so hard isn't it because people that have moved in lockdown like my parents have just moved and they can't integrate into the community at all mm. so consider that okay um this person wants to know I think I probably know the answer. What time do you go to bed, Grace Kingswell? Oh, it varies. It really varies. It's normally quite early, though. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I think at the moment I'm averaging 9pm and then lights out. I'm like asleep by 9.30. There were a few really rogue days last week where I was awake until 11pm. Holy smokes. On the days, so what's your normal waking hour if you go to bed at half nine? Uh, I wake up, well, annoyingly at the moment, half five, but it's it's seven. Seven. So yeah. you get a good night's sleep. And the nights where you went to bed at 11, did you sleep in longer? Yeah, I think I got up at eight those days and I was annoyed because I missed the sunrise. So you don't really care about the eight hour sleep, you're about the 10 hour sleep. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, you know, give your body what it needs. Um, I always say to people that they should be sleeping like it's their job. Um, it's it's our best antiviral defense. Um, you know, it's a huge immune support. I will never, ever deprive myself of sleep. I also think that, um, well, I know that I have some stuff going on in my, in, on in my body that I'm addressing. Um, namely, my cortisol levels are like rock bottom. So I don't have that much get up and go. Like I really struggle with my energy. So quite often I find that by 8 p.m. I, I can't keep my eyes open. I'm completely comatose. So um, I just give in to that. Yeah, I have. Um, so I'm also an early to bed, early to rise person. Mm. I often at the moment, you know, it's dark in Cornwall by, it's like super dark by 5 p.m., right? Yeah. And then if you cook dinner and like read your book and you finish work and walk the dog, like I'm often in bed eight half eight yeah I'm, I'm always asleep by 10 o'clock unless especially um, if I put my blue blockers on I'm just yeah you know out well, for the yeah, count. dial down the lights and then you're just so yeah. sleepy um and then I have I I love waking up naturally so without an alarm so I have one of those loomy mm. um sunrise alarm clocks I absolutely love it but I always wake up it does a half an hour sunrise and I always wake up in like the first 10 minutes of the sunrise yeah. naturally anyway and just turn it off so yeah yeah um Casual plug for Lumi, not sponsored. Not a spawn, but I really love my clock. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to do another question from the Instagramage. Um, advice for if you've recently had antibiotics? Mm, good question. Um, so obviously there's the, oh, you could take probiotics. But before that, and you know, underpinning good gut health, is you must eat a diet that is massively diverse in different types of plant fiber. So you know, minimum 30 different plant foods a week, ideally 50 if you can. When you get to the end of each day, think to yourself, have I eaten one thing from every color of the rainbow? You know, have you had your greens? Have you had your purples? Have you had your oranges? And then the next day, if you had 
blackberries as your purple? Can you then have red cabbage as your purple? You know, build in that variety. That's how we get good gut health because it's those different types of fibers that feed, that, um, that create, sorry, when they're fermented in the gut, they create short chain fatty acids. And short chain fatty acids are what have been really positively associated with all the great things that come from having a really robust gut. So like better immunity and energy mm. and just, you know, everything. It's, it's systematic. Systemic. <laughs> systematic. I meant systemic. I mean the same thing for um, me. So yeah, a really, really diverse diet um, includes some fermented foods like kimchi, sauerkraut, um, pickle things if you want to. And then um, if you do want to dabble in probiotics, I would always speak to someone first or you can get some quite good over, over the counter ones that are just like, general but um my preference is always for fermented foods first and then if you're working with a practitioner they might recommend a particular strain um of probiotic for you um but yeah diet sleep rest all the good stuff cool um another question i've got a feeling that you don't like these ones but i do so someone says what do you think about Homemade smoothie smoothies, so green veg, fruit, water, spirulina, peanut butter, etc. Thoughts? What you like smoothies and I don't well, like smoothies. I, yeah, I'd love a smoothie. Or is your just things with smoothies that you have to chew them? Well, yeah, you have a smoothie and you finish it in like five seconds. So I, when I make a smoothie, but then you eat your food in. in like five seconds too. Yeah, I mean, I'm always hungry. No, but you eat your food <laughs> way too fast. <gasps> Maybe. What do you think about smoothies? Um, I. <laughs> so look, my preference is always to to eat the actual food. Um, but I think that smoothies um, and juices to an extent are a really useful adjunct to your diet if you are trying, for example, to go through a detox with a practitioner, not by yourself. Um, you know, if you're looking to include particular types of foods or poly plant polyphenols that have um, an impact in your body, like, um, you know, including more, well, actually, I wouldn't put cruciferous vegetables in a smoothie, so scrap that more antioxidants so can you get like wild blueberries for example into a smoothie that you just wouldn't eat um day to day or you know in a handful so i think they can be really beneficial i'm working with one client at the moment who has a massive aversion to vegetables like she can't eat green vegetables she can't eat vegetables mm, it's God, like this pathological thing love vegetables <laughs> so the one th the one thing and the only thing she can do is put some spinach and some fruit into a smoothie so in mm. that scenario i'm all for it yeah. because it's it's so useful. Um, but chew your smoothie. So my thing with smoothies is that um, I don't really have them in the winter. It's a summer thing. But for me, and now I think you're going to talk about blood sugar again, but for me it's just a way to like know I've got some goodness into my body. Before like before 9 a.m., I've had like a handful of kale, a banana, a load of berries, mm. and whatever else, like whatever's in the fridge, just throw it all in, blend it, and like have that. Yeah. And it takes no time at all. And I've already had like four of my fruit and veggie yeah. day. Well, that is true, isn't it? But I, I would add in the thing about blood sugar, which is that, you know, can you also put, given that you're predominantly plant-based too, or that you eat eggs, you know, can you put a scoop of protein powder in there? And then you have had like a really good start oh, to the day. It tastes bad though. And also just quickly, no, some of them are taste fine. Or um, collagen powder is tasteless. Mm. One last thing on the smoothies though, is that um, also I like people to consider if you were to sit down and eat on a plate all the things you put in that smoothie, Sophie, mm -hmm. your kale and everything like that, it would take you quite a long time to chew through that, like maybe 20 minutes or more. But we drink smoothies in five minutes and then expect our stomach and our digestive enzymes and everything to be able to cope with it. And quite, you're looking at me so like, Grace has, stop talking. Grace has a bit of a problem with the speed at which I eat. <laughs> <laughs> we might... Uh... At some stage, we'll we'll uh, do a time lapse and we'll sit next to each other and eat a meal, and you can see. 
<laughs> quickly, I demolish my plate. <laughs> if, if everyone can take one thing away from this podcast, it's chew your food. Okay. So asking you another question because I want the advice also. <laughs> okay. Um, someone just asked you if you can talk about your issues with eczema. So you and I both suffer mm. from eczema at different stages. We have it under different controls. Yes. Mine's a bit um, out of control on my hands at the minute. So go wild eczema. Uh, I had eczema from about the age of three, coincidentally when I stopped being breastfed and was introduced cow's milk. Um, And I had it all over my body, like terribly, terribly. Um, And then when I was growing up, I think I just managed it with steroid creams, hydrocortisone, as you do, you go to the dermatologist and you're given that. Um, And kind of had it all throughout my youth really, but kind of kept it under control with those creams and then excuse me and then it really flared up like three years ago or two years ago I'm so bad with times but basically when I got super sick recently like my most recent health struggle my eczema went just absolutely gnarly and was just unbelievably bad um and of course it was all you know connected to what was going on in my body and the levels of inflammation and just you know, my immune system was like super hyper reactive. And with eczema and any kind of condition on the skin, it's a really good telltale sign that there's something happening in the body. Um, so I've, I've never seen it as a bad thing. And I always say to um, clients too, like, you're kind of lucky your body's speaking to you and it's giving mm. you a visible sign that you need to address something. Um, I, I now don't really have eczema. Um, I have like a little patch on my neck at the moment, but it's kind of winter and it's I think that's why. Um, but I, I'm i just all together. Like, I've, I've sorted my shit out. Mm. So it's kind of is, gone. Is eczema one of the common concerns you'd work through with your clients? Yeah, is massively. Like, eczema, yeah. psoriasis, allergies, um, you know, uh, uh, asthma, sorry. Um, so you, like, you definitely believe, like, eczema and other skin conditions like that can all be healed with the diet, yeah. diet and exercise and yeah. lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's two swimming questions here great which i'll answer with you you should probably answer them or well you can let's see let's see what she comes up with okay one person says how do you motivate yourself to get in the cold water and someone else just says that they've been going winter swimming and wearing gloves but they're still getting white and numb fingers help oh i know who that is that's mel um oh uh wait so firstly what kind of gloves are you wearing like two mil neoprene is standard i would say mm. um I would question how long you're staying in for yeah. if you're, Sophie wants to jump in. No, I totally agree. I think if, um, if you're white and numb and shivering for ages when you get out, so you've been in too long, mm. just reduce the time you're in. You yeah. only need to go in for two minutes at this time of year, less yeah. if you're in fresh water. Like, yeah, if you're really cold after you've been swimming, you've been in too long. Mm. And then also like, thinking about during the daytime as a person are you someone that has issues with circulation mm. if so can you do breath work so that you're actually getting oxygen like oxygenating your body pumping blood around your system like getting up to your brain improving your circulation that way maybe look into things like Raynaud's I don't I'm Raynaud's Raynaud's yeah I'm, although I'm sure you'd know if you had that because it's really painful, isn't it? Yeah. Well, my like what, surfing, my hands used to go black and blue and all my fingers would go white and numb and all the blood would be gone from them. But actually, the more I've cold water swam, personally for me, the more that's got better yeah. and better and I, I don't get it at all anymore. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I think if you're experiencing bad symptoms, just like there's no... Tread like, water and put your hands in the air? Yeah. Well, there's just no like <laughs> macho, what's the word I'm looking for? Like no ego around it. If you're just jumping in the water and you're in for one minute and you get out... That's fine. That's long enough. Yeah. You still did it. Yeah. Like you really don't need to stay in for six minutes breaststroking around and no. making your hands go crazy numb. And then when you get out, just 
get wrapped up, like get warm as soon as you can because of the after drop. So mm. when you're cold water swimming, um, when you're in the water, all of your blood basically goes to your core. Mm. To keep the to internal organs keep your, warm. Yeah, to keep your in, the important bits warm. Mm. And then when you get out, all that blood's going go back in your arms and all the cold blood from and your arms and legs mixes. That's when you start to feel mixes. so cold. Yeah, so for 15 to 20 minutes when you get out of the water, yeah. you're core body temperature is going to drop so get out of the water and wrap up layers yeah. and layers and layers dry yeah. robe um woolly socks hat gloves mm. like get warm yeah um and with regards to what motivates me um it's never like i don't know i it's, often it's just like a text from you or it's the fact that i've actually i, I can't just wake up and go swimming i have to wake up like do my do my yoga go for like a walk outside and then I'm like oh it's I really want to get in like Mm. I have that feeling that I really want to get in if I don't have that feeling I just don't go um but if there is a group of people going also then you know Mm. the FOMO and the peer pressure (laughs) yeah I think having a friend that holds you accountable so like if someone if you know that text message do you want to go in like if there's someone else going and you know they're going to be there at 8 30 because you might have thought yourself like like this morning for example we both weren't going to go I was like (laughs) I woke up and I was like oh it's a really nice day I should go for a swim like I I feel like I could but then you said you were like oh a bit periody like maybe not sure and then we heard that someone maybe someone else is going to go to the beach and we just thought well maybe we should go and we did and we loved it yeah um and what else motivates I think I mean how beautiful often we just I'm going for a walk and it's really beautiful and that is enough to make me want to be in there um and then I said this to you the other day I think but for me this year because I haven't had as much work on as normal I haven't been traveling um I've just been at home I've not had as much to do Mm. it's almost just been something to do yeah like to go swimming and I, I mean we don't go every day we probably go four to five times a week normally um it's just like having something to do to like mm. get out of bed and go down for a swim. It's like I've done something Start with my day. The day. It's like yeah. rhythm and repetition of doing like having that routine. Yeah, totally. And mm. I think that's routine has been so important during lockdown, hasn't it? Just those things that you do each day that kind of keep you sane. Yeah, I know at the start we got really into Joe Wicks, lockdown one. We're trying that to that passed. We're trying to get back into Joe Wicks, but we keep getting stuck on like day four. I know. <laughs> Um, okay, yeah. let me find one more question before I round her up. Hmm. Weight loss with clients. Mm. I feel like there's someone asks, there's a lot of stigma around weight loss. And there is, mm. um, because weight loss isn't a great thing. You sh- the goal should be to get healthier. Mm. And that might be part of that might be losing weight but losing weight shouldn't necessarily be the goal um yeah I think that's true to an extent like you say if that weight loss is hindering you from a health perspective then you need to lose weight like Mm -hmm. that's the bottom line isn't it um I think also you know as women there's this this picture of estrogen dominance you know when we fall into these kind of estrogen dominance scenarios because of our lifestyles, because of xenoestrogens in plastics, in our environment, in food wrap, um, you know, in so many things, it's so easy to become estrogen dominant. And it, um, we hold like the, the estrogen dominant picture is fat around the middle and the thighs and the backs of the arms and stuff. Mm-hmm. So if a patient of mine is kind of presenting with those symptoms, first of all, and then also fits that body type, then in my head, I'm thinking that it would be helpful if that weight came off because we need to balance your hormones kind of mm-hmm. thing. So there can be like, um, you know, medical reason for weight loss. Um, it's not something I ever touch on 
unless I have to because I encourage people to eat a lot of fat in their diets anyway. Mm -hmm. So actually what I see more often is people who, patients who um, have been, have had some sort of um, eating disorder or body dysmorphia in the past mm. and they're still really afraid of foods and that I find really difficult because well firstly I just refer them out because I'm not I don't have that like eating disorder side of my you know qualification but secondly if you are afraid of food it's going to be difficult yeah you know I yeah I mean I'm so what do you and, think about that? Well, I'm really lucky and thankful that I've never had an eating disorder or an mm. issue with, like, I just absolutely love food and I'm a naturally mm. slim, really active person. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I totally understand what that person means. There's a lot of stigma around the question, around the subject of weight loss, because it's like, just because you're skinny doesn't mean you're healthy. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I actually, Shona Virtue is someone who's really great at talking about this stuff on Instagram. Mm. Um just about how like the goal like you shouldn't go to the gym to work out to like look a certain way to mm. gain a certain aesthetic you should do it because like it's fun and you enjoy it and you want your body to like work and feel good I was talking mm. to you about this like the other day like I want my body to be like strong and fit and healthy and ca I, like, I love running because it's like yes my body works it feels so good mm. like I, I run for the joy yeah I'm yourself. not doing it to like make myself look a certain way yeah because I think that kind of goal very quickly yeah becomes diminished I also think that you know weight loss has been reduced to having to be in a calorie deficit you know it's it, mm. weight loss is calories in versus calories out it's like utter bullshit it's it's so much more complex than that you know people can be holding on to weight for so many reasons it could be the types of gut bacteria you have that won't let you lose that stubborn weight yeah. but the thing is if you go to a PT and you're having sessions like they will tell you that you need to count your macros and you know you have to be in a calorie deficit blah 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 and it's it's far too reductionist because then you tend to avoid those foods that are high in calories but also really good for you like oily fish and avocado and olive oil and nuts and seeds and it's how like, much how much more fun is diet when you're like trying to eat the colors of the rainbow and take off the colors as opposed to counting calories i know like, rainbow diets are way more fun yeah like i give a lot of people a diversity tracker where they get to tick off like all the different foods they've eaten yeah. that's way more fun and also just you mentioned like you encourage your clients to eat fatty foods i, I would definitely say there's like i don't want to say the word bad fats but there's like good fats and not so good fats mm. right so like people would often say oh, i don't want to eat an avocado it's super fatty but to me like an avocado is good good fat right yeah. there's like good fats that you can eat that are good for your body yeah yeah definitely although i would be encouraging people to eat the omega-3 fats more than the omega-6 fats so like the oily fish mm -hmm. um you know that kind of fat over like we don't need the almond butter and the peanut butter in our lives right now <laughs> too have, much of that i'll have peanut butter for breakfast i have a, i also have a podcast episode coming on that because it's a something that's really important yeah and um, you were talking about it just now but I also think a podcast episode on the hormones and balance like the Period progesterone pain. and estrogen mm. um, balancing would be super interesting because yeah. I've been quizzing you personally on that a lot recently yeah there is one coming on okay, period good. pain and endometriosis actually Great. for women so I'm going to ask you one final question it's I the question what it could you, you normally ask everyone so I assume you have an answer planned my dog's trying to dig a hole in a carpet currently. I actually have no plan for this question um so this is like you assume the person who works on Desert Island Disc knows mm. exactly which songs they would choose, but maybe they don't. No. Um, Grace Kingswell, what does state of mind mean to you? God, it's such a wanky question. I can't believe I ask people this. 
Uh, what does state <laughs> of mind mean? What does state of mind mean to me? Why is my podcast called State of Mind? Why it's oh, that's the answer to the question. Why? Why? I mean, you need to answer that question to answer the question. <laughs> well, actually, it's because when I started the podcast, I was working full time as marketing director for a uh, healthy food cafe in London, and I wanted to start a podcast, but I needed the kind of kudos of the name of that company to like reach out to people with big followings that I could get on the podcast and uh, my manager was like what about state of mind so I sort of just said yes but then Hmm. obviously I'd done one I stopped working there and I'd done one series and I took the podcast as my own I just kept the name um I don't know what I would have called it if it wasn't that though um what does state of mind mean to me it's just like how I feel isn't it yeah yeah it's just how you feel day to day for me state of mind not that I'm being asked the question but it's <laughs> would you like answer to it anyway? It's about like for me. I mean, state of mind is kind of everything. It's like having a positive, optimistic outlook on life, and having mm. like a go get em attitude is like that's going to get you it. You know, yeah. if you're constantly like worried about being worrying, if you're like yeah. worrying and stressed, and that's your state of mind, like that's how your life is going to be. Mm. So for me state of mind like it's just one of the most important things like if you can remain positive in most situations or at least calm in most Mm. situations um yeah state of mind I think yeah I don't know what state of mind the concept is but I think my state of mind is generally very positive um although I do have my moments like everyone and uh like I was saying at the beginning friggin resilient like you know we've all been through our our trials and tribulations mm-hmm. um mine have been not very fun over the years and uh but I've never kind of given up that sense of like wanting to achieve stuff and wanting to do well and like add strings to my bow and get places and do things um so yeah does that answer your question it does I imagine you're going to film some professional outro for this but I'm just <clears throat> going to say there's something quite fun coming in the veg and eggs eggs and veg space soon yes oh yeah keep, keep your eyes keep peeled eyes peeled and bellies hungry keep your eggs peeled <laughs> yeah yeah you do peel an egg if you boil it oh keep your eggs peeled for what's coming and um thanks very much for having me well done nessie the dog for not doing any barking and only sniffing the microphone twice well done sophie for being a great host i think that you should start a podcast <laughs> one day <laughs> I bought some microphones and they, they're under the bed. Oh, this needs to happen. We'll campaign, Sophie. Cool. Thanks, okay. Grace. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much again for tuning in to State of Mind. I hope you enjoyed this slightly off-piste uh, episode. Just want to remind you that the sponsor for this episode is Davy J Waterwear. I highly recommend you go and check out their amazing swimwear. There is a code for 10% off. Uh, it's State of Mind in capitals at davyj.org. Bye-bye. Cheers. You could be, be a part time model and spend the partying time modeling and partying time next to me (laughs) actually take your casserole and shove it up your asshole (laughs) (laughs) is it is it mel the the fan i think she's the unsung hero of that show